Well, we are in the final week of our Dreamscape series, and uh, we've been looking at dreams and does God speak to us in dreams. I've got to say this. I've enjoyed this series more than I thought I would. I just got to say, um, I just, I, I've loved learning all this myself about dreams and being more open to God speaking to me and, and speaking to all of us in our church. Um, I'm amazed at what I found and discovered in the Bible and also just in people's lives and people sharing things and stories that I've been able to, to research. I love that Jacob in Genesis 28, he has a, a, a dream and he's dreaming about God and he's like, surely I didn't know he was here. He has the Jacob's ladder moment and then he starts to tithe. Of course, I prayed that dream for all of the church to get that one. I love the business dream that Matt McPherson shared uh, in the video where he's saying, hey, God gave me a download. He just gave me this invention for this bow and he gave me an invention for the guitar. And uh, he's been able to start companies and give uh, the entire profits of certain companies all the missions to be able to use that income for God's glory. I absolutely love that. I had one guy say to me, you know, I'm praying that I get one of those you know, dreams and God will give me an idea. I tried to take a nap on Sunday and my wife wouldn't let me. I told her she's holding back kingdom builders. <laughs> I said, no, she wanted you to do the honeydew list. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I loved all the man in white dreams and uh, I love those. Um, we've been hearing about people in the Muslim world hearing uh, dreams and visions. And I, I don't know that I have one in my sermon today, but I do have this a book. It's called Dreams and Visions and it's by uh, Tom Doyle. And if you've enjoyed those, uh, there's all sorts of dreams and things in here where people are awakened to the reality of Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. Um, just so many things that were sent to me. And I thank God for what we've learned about Jesus appearing to people as the man in white. Appearing to people and letting them know that he wants to be their Lord and Savior. I thank God for every missionary that we have out there that will be able to help them to interpret that dream, to understand who the man in white is. And uh, I've absolutely loved that in this series. I, I found this out that John Newton, uh, who wrote Amazing Grace, a song we absolutely love, Amazing Grace, John Newton's life was changed because of a dream. That man was captain of a slave ship. And then he had a dream and he said this about his dream. He said, the most notable impulse which I've ever experienced happened during a dream. So he has a dream. And in that dream, he wakes up afterwards and he changes his entire life. He no longer is captain of a slave ship. And now he's going to be a minister, all from a dream. And he's the guy that wrote Amazing Grace. I just love that, the things that we're learning. And of course, this one's not spiritual at all. But as a huge golfer, I had to weave this one in with Jack Nicklaus, okay? Jack Nicklaus, arguably the greatest golfer, uh, won the most majors, okay? They asked him about his golf grip. They asked him about his golf swing and his golf grip, and he said, you know, I kind of feel weird saying this, but uh, I had a dream. And in my dream, my golf grip was different, and I was hitting the ball so perfect. And when I woke up, I realized I'm not hitting it as good as my dream. And he goes, I changed my swing to the swing in the dream. And that's where all my success is. He goes, honestly, truthfully, I had a dream about my golf swing. So that may not be very spiritual, but I'm just saying, Lord, speak to me tonight. <laughs> speak to me. I'm ready. All right. Anyways, it's interesting. All the things that people had from dreams. All right. So we do believe that God speaks to us through dreams. We believe that he speaks in a lot of different ways. We'll look at those today. But most people believe that their dreams mean something. They really believe that. Surveys will tell us that most people believe like my dream means something and not all dreams are from God, but people believe that their dreams have meaning. 
I mean, rarely do we get a, a, a clear picture in a dream. If you even remember your dream, we just kind of like, I don't know what this means. I'm trying to figure this out. Um, but I will tell you this, whether God gives you a clear meaning to your dream, I'll tell you this very clearly, God wants you to know him. God wants you to ask him to be your Lord and Savior, to ask for forgiveness. And at the end of the service, hearing at all of our campuses, that opportunity would be available to you to say, yes, I may not have had a dream, but I've heard you speaking to me, Lord, and I'm ready to say yes to you, Jesus. Edgar Case said this, he said, I believe the reason God doesn't speak clear to us in dreams more often is that God's just interested in having fellowship with us. He's more interested in that than giving us information. It's interesting, many of us want more information and God's like, I want deeper relationship. And I thought about this, nothing you could learn, no matter how smart you get, it would not impress God. Do you realize that? God's not like, wow, you're really getting smart. I mean, you know, as smart as you get, that's like foolishness to him. But you realize what he's longing for, what he's impressed with is relationship, a heart after him, where you're like, my heart is for you. I want to be near you. And so uh, rather than saying, give me information on this or give me that, uh, Lord, let's say, Lord, we want to be closer to you. We want to draw closer. But we've got to figure out if God can speak to us in dreams and then how to interpret dreams. And we're going to look at a story in Daniel chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. But as we turn to Daniel chapter 2, we're going to look at somebody that had a dream, wanted interpretation. And I want to tell you this, that there's a caution with this. There's a caution. There is no book on how to interpret dreams. There's very little in the Bible that will tell us, like, if you have a dream, here's how to interpret it. Usually dreams are very straightforward with God. Like good is good and evil is evil, okay? But sometimes he gives dreams and speaks to people in like, like code, if you will, and people are trying to understand it. But I want you to know, be very cautious in this. I was talking to a, a theologian friend of mine. Um, he's actually working right now to interpret just manuscripts and working with the Museum of the Bible. He's a great theologian. And he said this, um, not every dream is from God. He said, thank goodness they're not all from God. He said, but the Bible nowhere uh, explains how to sort out dreams that are from God and dreams that are not. Most dreams just seem too bizarre or unworthy to be from God. I think God still speaks through dreams, although we should judge them with great caution. I think that's good for us to listen to. Again, first series I've ever done on dreams, talking about dreams. So let's have that caution in mind. But as we look at Daniel chapter 2, um, I'll just read it here. Daniel chapter 2, starting in verse 1. It says, In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. Nebuchadnezzar was the king. His mind was troubled and he could not sleep. So he must have been having wake-up dreams or warning dreams or something. So the king summoned the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, and the astrologers to tell them what he had dreamed when they came in and stood before the king. He said to them, I have had a dream that troubles me and I want to know what it means. So he's got all these people there and he's like, I had a dream. I don't know what it means. You can maybe identify, like, I had a dream. I was troubled by this. I don't know what it means. And he's saying, come on, you guys. My magicians, my sorcerers, all these people. He's like, tell me what it means. And they're like, tell us what you dreamt. He's like, no, I'm not telling you that. Because I tell you the dream, and then you're going to make up some story. And you're going to probably lie about it. Tell me what I dreamt. And they're like, no, tell us what you dreamt. He's like, no. If you don't tell me what I dreamt, if you don't tell me the meaning of the dream, you're all going to die. Matter of fact, your families are going to die. He went all mob on them. You know, like, you're all dead. Figure it out. And he's disgusted with these people. None of them can figure it out. And so as they're going to execute these people, they grab Daniel, Shandrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you'll see that it, the Bible gives them their Hebrew names, not their Babylonian names. And Daniel's like, wait, 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 give us some time. Give us some time. We can get this one. 
We can get this. We can figure out this thing that the king is asking about. And so in Daniel chapter 2, verse 17, it says, Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. We know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Isn't that interesting? He's like, Lord, what's the vision What's the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had? And then in the middle of the night, Daniel's dreaming a dream and gets the interpretation of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. There's inception for you right there, a dream within a dream, you know? And he gets this. It says, then Daniel praised the God of heaven. Daniel goes and meets with the king. And in Daniel chapter two, verse 26, it says, the king asked Daniel, also called Belteshazzar, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he's asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. There's a key verse right there. But there is a God in heaven that reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. Your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you were lying in bed are these. And then Daniel goes and gives him the interpretation. Now, I want to point something out here that's very clear for all of us that are like, was that you, God? Was that not you? What does that mean? What does that mean? And people, again, coming up to me, what does this mean? What do you think that means? What do you think that means? Daniel's just saying, God has to give the interpretation. God has to give the interpretation, okay? Don't go buying a bunch of books. Don't think that there's uh, somebody you can call 1-800-whatever-hotline. You're not getting it there, okay? You're not getting it. It's saying God has to reveal this. And speaking of that, uh, later on this summer, I'm going to do a a series. And in that series, I'm going to talk about why a follower of Jesus Christ has nothing to do with astrology. Well, we don't look into horoscopes and all that. But we see that the king Nebuchadnezzar, he was looking to all these people, sorcerers, diviners, all these magicians, okay? The world will look for counterfeits. They'll look for any way to connect with a message bigger than what they have. But God says, if you want to connect with the message bigger than what you have, connect with me. Connect with me. I'm the one that will give you the interpretation. Genesis 40 verse 8 is another one where Joseph is in prison and the baker and the cupbearer have a dream. And it says this, we both had dreams, they answered, but there's no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God. Tell me your dreams. Again, he's giving God all the glory and all the credit, saying if we're going to get an interpretation there, it's coming from God. We're not getting a book. We're not talking to those other guys, those counterfeit guys. And so if you want to know what any dream means, I just got to tell you, the first thing you need to do is ask God. Ask God. Talk to God. Ask him, Lord, was that a dream from you? Was that not a dream from you? What, if it was a dream from you, What does it mean? Can you fill in any details? Can you give me any help with this? And don't go chasing after anything else that will be like a a, a book that you bought. Please don't buy anything at the checkout stand, okay? You know, you're you're asking God. Matter of fact, God says you can ask him for insight. In Jeremiah 33, 3, it says, call to me and I'll answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. In James, it says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives it liberally, okay? So we've got opportunity for us to get wisdom, for us to get insight from God. Again, remember that Matt McPherson last week, he's like, man, everything, Lord, you know, you know all the solutions, you know all the answers. So God can give you an interpretation of that dream. 
God can give you a download in a dream. God could give you an innovative idea. God could unlock the mysteries of this world. Talk to him. You may not realize this, but George Washington Carver, with the peanut, he said, God, unlock the mystery of this baby. I got to figure out how I can convince people to plant this thing. And how I, I've got to know what we can do with it. I need you to unlock the mystery of the peanut. And with that, he just unlocked all these different things and all these uses. There are still some patents today that George Washington Carver's family still has that, that they're still benefiting from because he said, God, unlock the mystery. Unlock. He didn't have a dream about a peanut, but he asked God, unlock the mystery. Whether you're awake, whether you have a daydream, whether you have a dream at night, ask God to unlock his mysteries. Go to him first. Second thing, if you're going to have an interpretation of any dream, realize this, it needs to align with God's word. It just has to align with God's word. You know, I mean, you're like, I had this dream that I was supposed to rob a bank and give all the money to kingdom builders. It wasn't from God. All right. It wasn't from God. All right. It contradicts what he wants you to do. Okay. Matter of fact, I could do a whole series on things that don't align with God's word that we believe today. People tell me all the time, like, God told me to leave her and go to her. No, he didn't. God told me to, you know, cheat on that. No, he didn't. God told me. No, he didn't. You know, there's all sorts of things. It has to align with his word. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. He's saying, you want to know what's your rule and guide, go to God's word, and that's where you're going to find out. So if you have a dream, make sure it aligns with God's word. Uh, the Bible is very clear with that. All right? Another thing, any interpretation that you may have about a dream also must align with God's character and lead us into righteousness. So you're going to have this dream and you say, what is the meaning? And I'm trying to figure out the meaning. What did that mean? God, you broke in. You woke me up. I couldn't sleep. What was it all about? It's going to align with God's character and with his righteousness. You say, well, what is this character like? Look at the life of Jesus. If you want to know God's character, look at the life of Jesus. He spoke the truth in love. The woman at the well, speaking the truth in love. The rich young ruler, speaking the truth in love. Speaking that. The people he was harsh with were religious hypocrites. But the rest of the world, it was like he's speaking the truth in love. And you look at the character of God. And when we obey God, if, it, if you have a dream and you're saying, God, what is the interpretation of that? And he gives you a download, it will be leading you into righteousness. Matthew chapter 7, verses 16 through 18. Jesus is saying, like, how will you know? And he said, here's how you know. By their fruit, you'll recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. I mean, it's there. It's moving you forward. It's, it's God saying, you know what? It's, I, I want you to move in righteousness. If you're gonna, so if God's going to give you any insight from a dream or what he's speaking to your spirit, it's going to move you towards righteousness. Another thing, uh, when you're getting an interpretation uh, for a dream or you get a dream and you're wondering, is it God and what does it mean? A, a God dream or a God interpretation will align with what God is doing. What does that mean? It means it'll align with what God is doing. It may be something you didn't think of, but it's something that God's doing. God was like, go into all the world and preach the good news to everybody. And then Peter has a dream about going to Cornelius' house. He's like, I didn't think that was part of it. And God's like, no, it's part of it. It's part of my plan. That's what I'm doing. Jesus told you, go into all the world. Okay, I got it. 
It's going to align with what God is doing. Joseph, his dreams were aligning with what God was doing to save his people. The Apostle Paul in Acts, where he has a dream about where should I go? Who should I go and talk to? And he has the Macedonian dream. It's like, come, come and help us. Come and, and it's aligning. God's like, I'm trying to build my church. I'm trying to do this. Paul, I need you to go there. I gave you this dream. That aligns with what I'm already doing. I'm having you go around and bring the message into all the world. That's where I want you to go next. It was aligning. Now, I had somebody in our church come to me this week, and I, I loved hearing this dream. The meeting was scheduled a long time ago, and it's one of our missionaries that we're sending out as one of our 500 missionaries. And this young lady had this scheduled, and uh, she said, you will not believe this. I didn't plan to come talk to you about my dream. I only wanted to talk to you about going to the mission field and being one of the 500. Before I was sent out, I wanted to have a face-to-face -face meeting with you. And I thought, that's amazing. I would love to do this with every one of our missionaries that we send out. And uh, she said, you won't believe this. So she goes, it was a dream that just really blew my mind about being part of the 500. I said, well, tell me. And she said, well, I, I came to River Valley Church years ago, gave my life to Jesus Christ. So she was not a follower of Jesus, came to River Valley, had a personal faith in Jesus Christ then. She said she starts aligning her life, you know, doing her devotions, doing all these things, all this going on. And uh, she goes on a global team, feels like, God, you, I, I could do this. I feel like a, a desire to, to do this, uh, to go and be a missionary. She starts praying about it and, like, and, and aligning her life. She gets in the life groups and is doing all the things that we would tell anybody to do. And as she's doing that, she said, one night God speaks to her in a dream. She said, it's a God dream. It was clearly a God dream. She said, I saw a map of the region I was praying about, a map of the world. And she said, I saw red countries. And then I saw yellow countries. And then she said, one was green. It was just bright green. And she said, God was saying, it's green to go there. It's green to go there. And so she gets done. She wakes up in the morning like, that's like a God dream. But then she's like, God, give me some more clarification. How is it green to go? Because I have college debt. There's no way I can go. I have too much college debt. I've been in the classes getting ready to be a missionary. He's one of the 500. And college debt is a problem. I don't have enough money to pay my college bills. And God said, I gave you the dream. It's green to go. She goes to her campus, shows up at church, and a family comes up and says, we've been praying about it, and God spoke to us. We're supposed to pay your college loans while you're gone on the missions field. You're supposed to go. It's green to go. I praise God for that. So many things. Hearing the call of God, getting in alignment, having a dream, arguing with God after the dream, then God confirming the dream by speaking to somebody else that's obedient to part with money, probably hundreds of dollars every single month to pay that student loan bill so that this young lady can go. And she's being sent this very weekend as one of our 500. And I thank God that the dream was green to go. So it aligns up. Again, it aligns up. That's good. So again, it's going to line up with something that God's doing, something in your life or in the church or the, what God's doing around the world. Um, I want to look at other ways that God speaks to us, but I do want to touch on something that is a fascinating thing to me. I kind of threw it in last week. I don't want to miss it. Um, people have said, is there a specific time that God may speak to you? Now, this is a theory, and I'll just point out a few things from Scripture. Um, I wouldn't set my alarm clock for this time in the morning. 
um, ever. The Lord would have to wake me up at this time. But uh, it is interesting when this is pointed out that it may be a time of the day where spiritual activity is at a heightened moment and God wants to speak to people. And it's believed that 3 a.m., 3 a.m. is a time, not, you know, 2, 3 a.m. is a time where there's a, a, an awareness of what God is doing. Now, it's not just a thought. It's a couple of points in the Bible. In Genesis 32, when Jacob is having his experience with God, it said it happened before daybreak. Now, daybreak would have been between 3 in the morning and 6 in the morning. So we know that whatever was happening in his life was between 3 and 6 in the morning. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 3, it says the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And that was a time at night when it was somewhere around 3 in the morning, between 3 and 6 in the morning. So here's Samuel, the Lord speaking to Samuel. He's like, here am I, your servant's listening, somewhere between 3 and 6 in the morning. Um, the Romans had four night watches. They were six to nine at night, nine to midnight, midnight to three, and three to six. So the fourth watch is from three in the morning until six in the morning, Matthew 14, 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came to them walking on the sea. So we see this. So we see where people are like, hey, it looks like 3 a.m. is pretty active. 3 so I'm just saying I would not set my alarm for that. I would just, I just thought I'd point it out here. It might be, if you get awakened at 3 a.m., I would just say, yes, Lord. That's all I'm saying, yeah. Now, scientists will say that 3 a.m. is where your blood sugar goes off kilter and you're probably waking up for a midnight snack because your blood sugar's off. Um, it's interesting, health.com found this uh, research. Health.com states that insomniacs often have an anxiety attack around 3 a.m. So again, there's something going on around 3 a.m. Uh, call it blood sugar, call it coincidence, Call it the fourth watch, whatever you want. I'm sleeping in. But anyways, all right. How else can God speak to you at a different time other than 3 a.m.? All right. Um, maybe today even. First thing is his word. We've said it before, but God speaks to us by using the Bible. Every time you read the word of God, God wants to speak to you. And that's why we want you to do your soap. Scripture, observation, application, prayer. Matter of fact, I believe this week we did 1 Samuel again. Here am I, you know, we, we read the story. Again, how does that line up exactly with what our reading is. But uh, I love how God does that. But he can speak to you. He can speak to you as you read. Matter of fact, he spoke to me this week about being zealous for the manifestation of the Spirit and zealous uh, to build up the body. I was like, Lord, I want to be zealous for the manifestation of the Spirit to build up the body. He speaks to us through his word. Psalm 119, uh, verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The word of God will speak to you. You need to let the word of God speak to you and read it every day. If you're not doing it, really, your spiritual growth, soap, scripture, observation, application, prayer, we want you to be involved in this and doing this every day. How else can God speak to you? God can speak to you with an audible voice. God could speak to you with an audible voice. Has he done it with me? No. But God could speak to you with an audible voice. I had a friend of mine in Bible school. He said God spoke to him with an audible voice. I said, tell me about it. He said he was standing in Greece. He was a drug addict and he was going to kill himself. He was standing at the cliffs in Greece, and he said, this is it. Life is meaningless. I've traveled the world. It's over. He said he was standing there on the cliffs in Greece, and all of a sudden he heard an audible voice that said, Robert. His name was Robert as well. 
I'm real. This is Jesus Christ. You are to follow me. Your life is precious. Like, talked him off. And he looked around like, he's like, I am all by myself. And he said, I heard the audible voice again. He said, I changed my life. I gave my life to Jesus Christ here in Bible college because of an audible voice. Now, God has never spoken to me in an audible voice, but I'm just thinking it probably sounds a lot like Morgan Freeman. That's kind of my <laughs> thought. My will. You know, but, uh, you, know, you know, so anyways, all right, moving on. How many of you know he can speak to us in a still, small voice? We talk about that. He speaks to us in a still, small voice. First Kings 18 and 19 is where we get this with Elijah. It says there was wind, earthquake, fire. But it says God wasn't in that. He was in the still, small voice. We see in, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it's as if Jesus is saying, again, it's a still, small voice. He says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with that person and they with me. You're not going to hear an audible voice in all likelihood to give your life to Jesus. It's very rare, but it is possible. But you might be here at one of our campuses and you hear a still small voice saying, today's your day of salvation. Today's the day. That's the voice of God. And he's speaking to you that way. You didn't need a dream. Right now, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in that way. And at the end of the service, I pray you give your life to Jesus Christ. Another thing that could happen would be a vision. God may give you a vision. We believe that visions are very real. I'll just share this. There's many in the Bible. But two weeks ago at our Woodbury campus, I was preaching there. I get done with the service and I hand it over to Pastor Allen. I said, Pastor Allen, close out the service. And he gets up there and he says, I just feel a burden after Pastor Rob preached on dreams. I had a vision while he was preaching and I want to share it with you. It's a little odd, but I think it's from God. He said, I had a vision of Pastor Rob in a hammock with swollen feet. And God said, spread the word, preach the word, bring it into all the world. And he goes, I don't know what it meant, but I saw Pastor Rob in a hammock with swollen feet. And I said, hang on. And I walked back up on the platform. I said, my first missions trip when I was going to bring the gospel into all the world was to the jungles of Brazil. I slept in a hammock all summer long. I had swollen feet so bad that they brought me to a doctor in the middle of the Amazon jungle basin, had to go find a doctor. I mean, we were washing our clothes in the stream and, you know, cutting down bananas and pythons, the whole deal. And the doctor said, we're going to cut his feet off because his feet are swollen. And thankfully, our youth leader was like, no, we're not cutting anybody's feet off, you know. <laughs> Praise God for that. I said, you didn't know that? He said, I didn't know that. But I believe that that's where your passion for bringing the gospel into all the world. And I had that vision. And you could have heard the gasp at the campus where they're like, wow, that was tuned in. God's speaking to us. God's speaking. Are we listening? Whether it's the word of God, a vision, uh, the audible voice, a still small voice. There's other things. Prophecy. We believe in 1 Corinthians and throughout the book of Acts, there's prophecies. The Lord has used prophecies in our church. One from years ago called Running Downhill that was spoken over our church. A prophetic word. Amazing. I remember being in a service once, service once and a, a, a pastor just said, I feel you're going to do all sorts of building programs. And it was at that point we had just decided to go multi-site and I had a bad attitude. And I was like, man, I don't even like doing building programs, Lord. And the guy just goes, Lord just wants to speak over you. You're going to do lots of building programs. It's for his glory. Go with it. Run with it. I'm like, that's amazing. In the same meeting, that person looked at another family from our church and said, you're going to have a baby. Don't worry about it. I was able to be there for their baby dedication, for their baby. They've been trying for years. I'm just telling you, God can speak to us in many different ways. Even with a testimony at the end of the service, somebody may share a testimony or in, in your life group. Man, you want to 
You want to get testimony power? You want to have God speak to you? Be a part of a life group. And let God speak to you through the testimony of somebody saying, hey, this is what God did for me. And you know what happens? You're, the Holy Spirit within you just all of a sudden he says, it could happen for you. Testimony in the Old Testament word means uh, do again, do again. And so when somebody shares a testimony of what God did, the Holy Spirit just jumps it in you and says, do again, do again. That's for you. There's no limit. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit could speak to us in so many different ways. And I just want us to grab this final thought. God wants to connect with you. God wants to connect with you. I don't care if you're awake or sleeping. God wants to connect with you. And I just pray this, that our attitude would be, Lord, whether I'm awake or whether I'm asleep, Lord, here I am, speak to me. Lord, here I am, your servant is listening. When I read your word, when I listen to that still small voice, when I see a vision, if there's a prophecy, if there's something, Lord, here I am, your servant is listening, speak to me. So Lord, I just pray that right now, that you'd help us all to hear that. Lord, you're speaking, you're speaking, you're speaking. Help us to listen. Help us to listen and help us to be tuned in. Whether we're awake or whether we're asleep, help us to be tuned in to listen. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.